0: So I think it's really interesting that you came up with the idea of this of this podcast. So what made you think that anybody would possibly want to listen to what we have to say about things?
1: Well I, that's the thing. You're assuming I, I meant we, I was talking about myself. You kind of put yourself in the whole equation. Okay? you weren't even in the picture.
0: but you I always was talking talk about, about yourself
1: on podcast okay and then he said oh but I need to be a part of it and I said okay since I'm such a nice person I said okay fine let's be inclusive have a big heart you know there's
0: so much to unpack particular things I'm a nice person I did this I have a big heart you know honestly it would, that would take too long that's a separate podcasting all
1: by itself I don't know why why do you have to hide from like you know reality that is the real thing okay i can tell you 10 things that i did nice yesterday how many did you do how many can you even count except for being nutty to the poor guy who at the iftari i wasn't You're
0: nutty to the poor person. guy at iftari. It, first of all this particular blog topic is about <laughs> relationships and religion but yes okay let's talk that about it
1: talks about relationships your behavior at the
0: study. dude i was not nutty to anybody the guy just asked me if um how many where i go for taravi and i said that's sort of like rhetorical question about you know have you stopped beating your wife the question itself doesn't make sense and again i was attempting to suggest that i don't go to Tarabi. that's why i i don't have a place i go to taravi and he looked at me like i was from outer space so
1: you well, know, I don't blame him. I would also look at it because you're assuming that his question came from a place where he's assuming something. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he, that's how the whole setup of that iftari was with all the people who actually do go for Tarabi. Uh,
0: it wasn't because I was there. I mean, clearly. So you're
1: the only outlier, though. So I was the only I'm outlier. Yeah, to assume. I mean, sometimes when I get like, you know, someone asks me, like, I know a lot of people say, oh, why do you assume? And you have to say, like, are you married or something? Or is it person married? I, sometimes I feel like it's a stupid and presumptuous question. But to be honest, having asked those questions myself, I feel like I'm not one of those people. I actually am doing it just to get to know a person more in terms of their having a partner or being married or not married. And just to get, you know, a sense of who they are in terms of uh, their uh, getting to know them better. So why judge and generalize? I feel like sometimes we generalize too much
0: wow the pot actually sit. the pot tells to tells the kettle i think we generalize too much that that's that's classic
1: i uh-huh. am serious i do i do i don't like, like to be opinionated okay sometimes no. i am but then i have to be very insightful and tell myself okay i'm being very you know opinionated and i hold back then you yes, know
0: I, I don't like which to... is
1: not very common for me but i i, I at least i'm admitting it you don't
0: i yes that that is not very common for you that is completely true but i actually think that your questioning style and interviewing and the interrogation style is different, and it's actually better. It's actually non it's non assuming. It's basically you
1: mean my questions. questioning style with you when we make in the first time in uh, Toronto and I said what do you think about monogamy yes what do you think about open relationships yes thrown back in like 20 people what's she talking about I've never know don't know her
0: (laughs) I mean that that's true I I mean I I was uh, I wasn't taken aback as much as I was that how much honesty do you I was honestly more judging you than anything else if people start a conversation then they have to be willing to maybe to take it to that level and I was like you know, girl, bring it on. If that's what you want to talk about, we will talk about it because I got nothing to hide. But, um, uh, but what I meant was your style is actually not judgmental because you asked the question, "Are you whatever? Are you married? Are you?" Your question would be, "Do you go to Tarabi? But this guy's question was, "How many times do you go to Tarabi? Which, of course, is an assumption all by itself. And honestly, it's a harmless one. Maybe just, you should just, have
1: said, "But I'm having periods." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but listen, we don't have to tell our entire worldwide audience of two people about your particular um biological anomalies, yes, exactly you offer you many problems but uh, verbal diarrhea uh, mental irregularities, yes, that's true. but the question is how does how does religion then get wrapped up into this into this whole thing like how how then do relationships and religion why does religion always have such a stranglehold on how we interact with each other like isn't that the overall
1: I think it's, guidance it's, it's comes, it comes from a very uh, I, I think it comes from where your your sense of belonging and a lot of it has from what you see once you get out of school and out of your safety net in terms of you know parents and stuff like that but a lot of it came from where you know how you were born brought up the culture around you so it's Mm. both of them serve equal parts some for some uh, it's more the culture and the roots where they were born with and they stay with that forever and nothing can stop them from like you know being you know any any amount of exposure is not going to change their views Mm. uh, once they go out there but so I think a lot of it it's, it's to do with the exposure that you get and how you get influenced with that a lot of it can be positive or negative. Some people are too weak and they they get influenced by you know in a second by everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think different people react differently. Um, but having said that, I think once exposure that is constantly consistent in our people from South Asia or at least from Pakistan is I feel like whether they get outside or they go globally from outside of Pakistan or whatever is that constant conversations around religion are using mm-hmm. religion i mean i mean i have nothing against people saying mashallah and mm-hmm. inshallah right of course but you know when it when i sometimes see it in even work emails mm-hmm. you know from uh, pakistani colleagues or muslim right. colleagues and i just feel like why does it need to be there i mean fine yeah. you are a believer and you believe in god and yeah. i actually have i'm a believer in something right and i have this spiritual thing sense of thing and i completely understand and respect that but why does it need to be said in every conversation if you are a true believer then that would be something that is in the back of your mind anyway so it's i true. feel like there's this constant thing kind of wearing it on your sleeve throwing it out there constantly putting it in your face okay i am you know and then expecting the other person to also say inshallah you know if you don't say it then someone's gonna you know take it uh, uh-huh. or get offended you know or something like that but that's not the thing that's why you that's the respect of religion where that's where i feel that the respect of the other person's religion is actually not there because the other person is not saying thank you jesus you know
0: right 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 exactly
1: Uh, you know uh, they're not saying that but why is it that we have to say inshallah and all these things to in front of uh a, a, a another person of another who who follows another religion
0: that's true. But do you think people, people generally, when I've seen them say, they usually say to other Muslims, for example, right? Like if someone says, you know, Alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, beta, whatever, beta never you know, you know, everything has to evoke God in it at some point. So isn't that more? but I, I haven't seen muslims do that with non muslims it's not like if a non muslim would say hey you know my son's going to harvard and the guy doesn't say mashallah he says oh you know that's that's nice you know good for you have you noticed that? have you noticed that kind of cross cultural boundary crossing in a not so appropriate way
1: yeah i mean it feel like it's not saying thank god or whatever mm-hmm. thank god even even the muslims say right? right but it's the it's the it's the way you put in a local or a mm. very Uh, arabic or uh, muslim or regional or whatever you know for me thank god is more of very global yes of course i mean um so that's why those connotations when they come in you're primarily trying to uh, you know put yourself out there as as if uh, you're different yours you're different yeah different and you're you're
0: special yeah exactly yep you're different and you're better but isn't that that's the foundation of much of religion right the fact that we are better. You know, Jews may refer to themselves as the chosen people. Muslims might think, well, our faith is superior. And so, you know, we're going to get to heaven first sort of thing. But surely that's the basis of modern religion is the understanding that ours is in fact better. As I say, Islam perfected the three monotheistic religions, which meant that there was something to perfect, right?
1: Yeah, but uh, to think that any religion is perfect is itself a very imperfect kind of you know, the whole foundation of that reason is like there's something extremely wrong when saying that because nothing's perfect okay even in your own really in every re- because who 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 created the religion it's not like God created a book right all the books it was men around men and women no, no,
0: This podcast with the fatwa like, yeah, that's perfect excellent first class now well, that <laughs> doesn't matter what you say because now they are done it was, for
1: it was all men right it was men mostly men not even women because women weren't a part of that whole game like they were all these men who's decided what they want to put in so or by 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 definition when you have humans being a part of defining a uh, you know rules or whatever or how you how to kind of guide as a part of religious books then they can't it can't be perfect it has to be imperfect
0: so i think playing devil's advocate then if one were to say that well how do we know that men created it and then one would say well if you just look at the obsession that you know god seems to have with certain things you know especially in in modern religions we won't name any in particular not to offend anybody but there seems to be a fascination with sexuality especially women's sexuality with honor as linked to females uh with the concept of menstruation as being unclean unhygienic and you can't you know you can't pray during menstruation for example why does that matter what difference does it make i mean is that such an established trope? Why do we think about that since since whenever? So, you know, I think you're completely right. If you just read it impartially and say, which gender do you think wrote this? I think, yes, you're right. It does come across as a very male-centered perspective. But I think it's very difficult to see when you're very close to it, right? I mean, did you ever think growing up, Ke, you know, wow, this is all concerned about maybe, gharat, maybe is that, you know...
1: Yeah, but- it is. I mean, the, I, mean I haven't read, read the Quran completely, right? I've read like bits of it. But I actually cherry-picked obviously to be biased uh, I mean so because some people would talk about how how they've written about women and when I read some of the translations mm. I'm quite concerned and I had like long debates with my dad around it, and he was trying to def- explain it to me but then even he would come to a place where he would say that there are things that you need to contextualize and you need to say that uh, you may, may not agree, but then you define it according to your terms of what you think is right and wrong. Because at that time, when someone something was written, OK, mm-hmm. it was contextualized to that time. Right. It is not an evolving doc, or it's not a document for ever. It cannot be seen as a document forever. And the fact that Muslims or at least any religion, especially the Orthodox people in mm-hmm. any religion, how they think of a book to be a final document forever mm-hmm. for life is just ridiculous in in my mind because they they how can you ever have something that was thousands of years ago okay mm-hmm. and intellectualized in that time and very 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 primitive time which was mm-hmm. primarily run by you know men and bedouins and whatever mm-hmm. it's like you just you i just don't understand how they can think this is a this is still, this still in their head seems like a dynamic document it's not
0: I think that's the challenge, right? Because I think if you're, uh, we were talking about the different types of uh, in Judaism, for example, in modern American Judaism, you can be Orthodox, Conservative, or Liberal in in terms of your interpretation of of uh, scripture. But in Islam, there seem to be two types of Muslims, right? There there there're good ones and the bad ones. The good ones are the ones who accept it as the word of God forever, and the bad ones seem to be the ones who are debating, discussing like us about how it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But there has to be a lot more room for interpretation, like you said. You have a spiritual belief in something. I, for example, you know, don't. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean we don't respect each other's belief systems. I mean, I even respect the belief system of somebody who thinks the book is forever. And it's it's been that way and will always be I'm the same. I'm not
1: saying huh? that I don't, I don't believe, you know. Yeah the you know anyone else's i actually do what i don't like it when it's worn on their sleeve it's in my face yes i actually feel disrespected equally as well when it's on when i'm not throwing it my belief what system what however much they might say to me they accuse me of the fact that i don't have any beliefs
0: right you know
1: um then but actually i do but i just don't talk about it
0: right but that's security right that is security when you don't feel the need to Advertise your thing on your chest, saying, "Hey, listen, here's my belief system. If you don't have the need to do that, then just means you're secure in your belief system." But how does this impact? I mean, normal everyday life, like you said, is all pervasive. People say, "Alhamdulillah, masha'Allah, etc." But you know, I think it negatively affects, for the most part. I think religion does not positively impact relationships. You know, it doesn't I, actually help. I, I, I think get... it
1: does. It completely impacts all kinds of relationships for the common person who's living, who doesn't have a choice and who lives in these countries. OK, mm. or who's been bred some kind of a, uh, you know, m- into a mindset mm. which does not have, give them the freedom to talk the way we are talking right now mm. and uh, a lot of them are actually primarily women and then even though they would might agree with us in, in, a, in a lot of them they wouldn't go out there and express it express it yes. and because they don't have that they don't have the luxury to do that sure and uh, so i think that every day the society is like you know is uh, and, and the men and the young i'm actually really worried about the young folks mm-hmm. yeah. more because a they are a religious they mm. just feel like they they know everything. And sometimes there's no reason. You can't reason with them. Mm. Uh, you'll talk to them. And not that I'm saying I'm old. No, no. But,
0: or saying that you're but, anything like these people. Uh, uh, that you can't through them. They have so, fixed opinions. Yeah, they're judgmental.
1: But they are. But they, you try to reason with them and try to have an open conversation. And you'll be shut down by saying, but this is how it is. But then you say, why? And they'll be like, no, but this is how it is.
0: Yes, of course. That's right. I mean, I think as long as if one wants to be a you know a stubborn a stubborn dick on one's own own time, I think that's your choice. You know, go ahead, be stubborn, believe what you believe. I, I really couldn't care less. I think the problem is when, especially when men get in these situations where they have vulnerable people in their lives, usually women, and then that gets imposed on the female partner or some other vulnerable you know partner in the in the process. Kids, for example, you know, same thing. I mean, how do you think you know women suffer? I think extraordinarily under the weight of religion and things of that sort. For example, you know, uh, questions about sex are generally not broadly addressed in even modern Islamic societies, Uh, frankly, in most modern societies, but they're not addressed. And so you shudder at the thought of these people who are getting into marriages, largely arranged, for example, but they don't have the most basic understanding of what it should be to actually enjoy each other's company in an intimate way because they've never been taught to ask those questions I mean that's absolutely that's
1: why I'm saying that your how your upbringing you know has a huge part in how you use it and how Mm. it keeps on defining you even after you've grown up and gotten out of your parents home it Mm. still keeps on nagging you at the back of your head in terms of some way stopping you from being who you are because I might say a lot of these things but a lot Mm. of things I stop myself at some level uh in my daily lives in life as well because this is something that's inculcated and that's why I think upbringing has a huge impact on who Mm. you are and you have to constantly learn and unlearn a lot of things.
0: Um, I'm still shocked you stop yourself from saying certain things when does this happen? (laughs) I mean, no,
1: I don't stop saying things I, I didn't or so. whatever. But <laughs> acting, I feel like behavior-wise on how you would go and do things, okay? Yeah. And maybe, uh, and and, and you know, terms to some extent, I don't. But to some, the where I do, I feel a lot of it is related to my uh, the way I have been, you know, I have mm. seen. The way I've been brought up, the society and the things that have happened, I sometimes feel that it's it's still, uh, you know, things that I'm thinking about with my son as well. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I stop himself him from this or that. And then I say, what the hell? Why am I stopping him? Yeah, I don't exactly. want to do this. I want him to be open to understand everything from a very young age you know I give you the example the other day when I was watching Broadchurch you know Mm -hmm. and it's 16 plus and then I'm always looking at these ratings but then I watched when I watched the full season Mm -hmm. and he told me that he watched an episode on YouTube because he was you know he just saw it and whatever so I said Mm -hmm. why not so I watched another episode with him so that he understands that Mm -hmm. he can watch it with me that supervision and comfort, yes, but also have context of what's happening. I mean, they talked about rape in one of their seasons. Mm. They talked about other things, but these are important things for a boy actually to learn how this can affect, um, you know, it it affects obviously primarily women, but it can Mm. affect men as well. And, you know, and young boys especially. Mm. And so, you know, it's good to learn about all these things from why shun it from them as if it's something bad. It is bad, but Mm. these bad things are happening to everyone every day
0: yes no that's exactly it in fact that's a very good example because i think in that particular broadshirt season the impact was in fact shown as being fairly broad and i think for a young man to watch it as well i actually think can be quite powerful hopefully as a as a preventive you know for 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 anything like that and and for a whole variety of other good reasons um no i think that that makes a whole lot of sense but i mean those conversations